Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Here we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast and my name is Shakira. Now, if you are new here, I welcome you. We welcome you to join our Carefree family. I promise, I promise you will find something here that you like, that you enjoy, and you are more than welcome to go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified every single time we have a new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m., Sometimes maybe Thursdays if it was a special case like last week. Um, but if you are already a part of our family, thank you for coming back and joining us for a brand new episode. I'm also going to send you a quick little reminder. If you have not gave us a rating in the Apple Store or however you listen to the podcast, please a quick, you know, a little five star rating. It won't hurt you. Thank you so much. And let's hop into our carefree updates because we have a few things to talk about today. All right, y'all. So I have tried to film, not film, record this uh, carefree update about five times now, but I keep getting extremely emotional. So excuse me, because this is going to be my last and final time trying to record this carefree update, but it's very hard for me to get it out. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. I want to send my condolences out to the people of El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. If you do not know, there were two mass shootings there, one in a Walmart at El Paso and then one in a bar slash club, I'm guessing in Dayton, Ohio. Um, And I just want to send my condolences out to them. And the reason I keep getting emotional when I'm talking about this is because it's just blowing my mind that there are people in positions of power that don't want to do anything about gun control and reform. Um, It blows my mind. It really blows my mind. Um, I saw one of the victims, two of the victims of El Paso, um, a husband and a wife. They had just gotten married, I believe, last year. They had a nine-month-old son. The husband had just finished building a house for his family. And now that nine-month-old has to grow up without both of his parents. I don't know how people can see the loss of life and not feel anything. I don't know. And I think I keep trying to find the disconnect there, like find what happens or what compels people to not just feel anything, to have no empathy or sympathy for people to just be motivated to do something, to say, you know what? Like the people in Congress, the people in the Senate, our lawmakers, to say, this is enough. This is enough. The United States leads the world in mass shootings. The world. And if that doesn't blow the mind of people in office, I don't know what will. I really don't know. I don't know. And I know me, you know, me talking to y'all about it. I'm not worried about y'all. Like, that's the thing. I know the Carefree family. I know my listeners. Y'all are not the people that we have to worry about. Like, it's the other people out here that just have. I'm going to let it go because I'm getting emotional again. So we're going to move on to the next Carefree update. But my condolences to all of those people. And I pray and hope that one day. Um, 
our generation or maybe the generation after us will get some people in office that care. Yeah, I hope. Now on to a less than happy carefree update as well. Um, Less than happy, but still joyful in a way. Um, Toni Morrison, a beloved, beloved, I promise that was not intentional. Um, A beloved African-American novelist, author, she passed at the age of 88. And that's why I say it's sad, but it's still joyful because she had a long life and she blessed us so much while she was here with her words, with her leadership, with her guidance her advice, everything. Um, And she was the first African-American woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Not Nobel Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Um, She's written books like Beloved, I Have Beloved, that's why I said Beloved, Um, Song of Solomon, and so much more. Um, And if you have not seen the movie Beloved, I remember when I was a kid and my mom used to watch Beloved and I would be terrified. I would be terrified because... To me, it was like a horror movie, and I didn't really understand it, the premise of it. But as I've gotten older and I've rewatched it, I understand it so much more. But she passed at the age of 88, and I wanted to read you all one of her. It's a a quick little blurb from a speech that she gave at Portland State University in 1975. And it says, the very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again your reason for being. Somebody says you have no language and so you spend 20 years proving that you do. Somebody says your head isn't shaped properly so you have scientists working on the fact that it is. Somebody says that you have no art so you dredge that up. Somebody says that you have no kingdoms and so you dredge that up. None of that is necessary. And that is the blurb from her speech. And it brought me back to a tweet that I read just yesterday, I believe, last evening, where one of the users on Twitter, she said, um, you know, it is terribly inconvenient and tiring to try to prove to people, um, to try to meet their ideals of who you should be. And she was talking about us as black people because we spend so much time trying to prove that we are competent enough to have a job that we are articulate enough to have conversations in a room full of people that don't look like us or speak like us that we are beautiful enough to fit in runway shows or magazines um the covers of magazines of people that never created those publications for us in the first place and that's what that quote reminds me of and also that tweet And I think that once we, as Black people, as African-American people, start to put less emphasis on the approval of other people, we will be so much happier and so much more well-off because the only approval that matters is our own. If we are accepting of who we are, of what we bring to the table, that's all that matters. Like, And the more we try to prove ourselves and prove ourselves and prove ourselves to say hey look at us we belong we belong we're just going to be so unhappy and that I mean years and years of doing that we have seen it over and over again in our athletics in our entertainment areas 
everything in fashion everywhere you look around you will see you know where we have been doing that but we got to stop doing that y'all it's tiring again it's not beneficial to us in any way because yes you might get their approval that one person may get their approval but the systematic way of thinking that has been embedded in american culture for years and years and years those those that's not going to change like i don't see that changing in the next 10 years i don't even see that changing in the next 20 years we have gotten better but i mean sometimes i look around and i feel like history is just repeating itself and repeating itself and repeating itself over and over again so again don't let racism be a distraction as Toni Morrison gifted us in one of her speeches. And I implore you, I encourage you to look up some of her quotes and look up some of her speeches and things that she said. Because one thing about that sister, there, she did not care. She was not fighting for the approval of white eyes, of white readers. When she said she wrote her books, she said she wrote it for us and not anyone else. And she did her job, and she's been on the New York Times bestseller list time and time again without seeking the approval of other people. So, shouts out to her, and we are so blessed to even have been able to live at a time that she has lived and been blessed with her works of art. If you are not, you know, an avid reader, even if you are an avid reader, I encourage you to pull out a Toni Morrison book, you know, just read something in memory of her and also with that being said um if you don't have access to a library card y'all know i tell y'all about the library all the time if you don't have access to a library card or if you don't feel like buying a book you can download a free audio book you get a free 30-day trial to audible and you can go to our instagram page at carefree and black diaries and click on the link in the bio to sign up for your free trial through Audible, and that's for 30 days, so you can read something. So there's no excuse, y'all. Now, next, to more happier, happier, you know, topics. Simone Biles, our girl, she's already made history, but she made history again last night, Saturday night, when she became the first gymnast to attempt and land a double-twisting, double-somersault dismount from the ballast beam in a match. Now, y'all, I am not a gymnast. My mom did not put me in gymnastics. Um, I was never one of those kind of girls. You know, you can hand me some pom-poms, but as far as twists and jumping up in the air and stuff, I was too scared. I don't know why I had this fear of breaking my neck. I've always had a fear of breaking my neck, even as a child. I don't know what. I don't know if it was from watching, like, too many Final Destination movies. I don't know. So... To this day, I'm 25 years old, and I still have never done a cartwheel because I'm terrified. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I have never done a cartwheel because I'm just like, oh, I may break my neck. So, no. So, even Simone doing this is, like, beyond me. And I am so proud of her because she has persisted, and she is representing. And I hope that more little black girls that are interested in gymnastics are able to see her as a hero for them because, you know, even though I wasn't into gymnastics like that, I remember, you know, I went to, a, as many of you all know, if you've been listening for a long time, I went to an all-black school from kindergarten, I mean from pre-K, honestly, but from kindergarten to 12th grade, I went to an all-black school, 
And one of the things that I commend my teachers of doing is putting black heroes in our classrooms. So, like, the graphics that will be on our walls will have, like, African-American heroes and people from history. And I cannot put my finger on ever seeing a black gymnast on any of those walls. So, hopefully, you know, for my kids or their kids... Um, they will be able to see a Gabby Douglas or a Simone Biles in their classrooms, hopefully. So, shout out to her. In other happy news, Centoya Brown, you may remember her name. She was the girl that was 16 years old and they convicted her of the murdery. The murdery. Shakira, what? The murder and robbery. I just tried to combine two words. Which I... Anyway, they convicted her of the murder and robbery of Johnny Michael Allen. Um, and she said that he had paid her, you know, to have sex. She was a victim of sex trafficking. And she got out, y'all. She is now a free woman at the age of 31. She got out a few days ago. Now, one thing, um, and she also has a book coming out um, this fall. And I'm looking forward to that. And I believe the name of the book is going to be Free Centoya Brown. I believe that, that I saw that somewhere that that's going to be the name of the book. But anyway, um, one thing I do want to say to the journalists out there and the news outlets out there, I don't like how they she got out. Right. And when she got out, it was, you know, thank you, Lord, she's out like all of the journalists. And then a few days later, when you search her name on Google, almost every, and y'all try it yourself, pull up your Google on your phone and Google her name. Most of the articles you're going to find are going to say Centoya Brown is a married woman. Centoya Brown married Christian hip hop artist while in jail. Like y'all took something so good, right? And made it about her and a man. And I don't want to sound like one of those women that are like it's not all about men don't make women's lives about men but really don't make women's lives about men like this woman has been in jail for how long she has been suffering for how long she got a degree while she was in there she wrote a book but yet and still they have managed to make it about her getting married when that should be the least of our concerns that is the least of our concerns. So I'm not even going to talk about who her husband is. You know, congratulations to her. But I think that we should keep our focus on her activism because I did see somewhere that she wants to be an activist and a spokesperson for girls that have the same background that she's had. She wants to speak out about sex trafficking and about foster care and everything like that. So let's keep our attention to that and less about who she's married to, like... I hate that. That really, like, that got to me when I saw that the other day. But anyway, I'm glad that she's free. I'm definitely going to read her book. And I will definitely keep you all updated about when it's going to come out. Um, when I see it come out, I'm definitely going to read it. And I'll let you know, um, you know, what's happening with it, what it's talking about. Now, last but not least, um, I, I know I'm not the only person that have hasn't heard about the Brian Banks movie. Apparently, there is a movie coming out entitled Brian Banks, and it is based on a true story of a 17-year-old football player who never really reached his dream of going to college and playing professional football because of his conviction um, of rape. Yes, he was convicted of rape. But I do want to say that even though I did not see any marketing done, I did say something on Twitter 
and people said that they had saw ads on YouTube um and they also saw ads on VH1, MTV and BET. Granted, I don't watch those channels unless it's on demand, so that's probably why I have not seen the ads on there. But um I do wish that they had done some Instagram ads or some Facebook ads. I'm not on Facebook. Who am I kidding? <laughs> something, you know, something more. Instagram, yes, like something where you can get out to your audience that you want to come and see the movie. But anyway, um I'm definitely going to go see it even though I hadn't seen any marketing done for it because I try to make it a point to support black films. Um, and one of the executive producers of the film is Tyrell Whitley, and he is a FAMU alum. Yes, I have to brag on my Rattlers every now and then. So I'm, I was already going to see the movie, but then when I saw that a FAMU alum executive produced it, I was definitely, definitely going to see the movie. So if you all have the time um, one day, just go see it. Support black movies because we know, we know, we know, we know that the major you know movie studios and executives one of their first go-to's when it comes to the question of why aren't there more black movies their comeback is always black people don't go see the movies when we do you know have them so go see the movie y'all five dollars at amc on tuesday you can make it happen now that is all I have for carefree updates today. Let's have our little break as always and then hop into our topic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply all right so i have a confession to make this is definitely going to be a transparent um podcast episode definitely for sure i have a confession to make because i come on here i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite i come on here weekly and tell you all believe in yourself believe in yourself it's easy to just believe in yourself, like being y'all's personal cheerleader. When whole time, I'm struggling, y'all. I am struggling right now. And it's not so bad, but it is definitely to a point where I have realized it. Like it's been brought to my attention on my own accord, not by anyone else, but just like personally. My self-awareness is at an all-time high. And if you all could see my room right now, Again, being transparent. If you all could see my room right now, it is a mess. Not a mess where it's like, oh my gosh, somebody lives in here. It's a mess to where things aren't put back in their place. Where I have like books stacked up on my desk. I have this here. It doesn't go there. I have that there. It doesn't go there. It's that kind of a mess. But what I've come to realize is when things aren't going the way that I would like, or when things aren't aligning how I would like them to align, or if I'm lost, or if I'm confused about something, my room tends to reflect that. Now, on the other side of that, 
when I feel like I have things together, when I feel like I have things in order, my room reflects that. You know, it's organized, it's tidy, things are in their place. But again, I don't feel like that right now, so my room is reflecting that. And I've come to realize that in order for me to be able to see more clearly, I have to get my outer environment together. Now, why am I saying this to you? I'm saying this because even though it's not directly correlated and related to what we're talking about today, I need you to know that Shakira does not always have it together. (laughs) Shakira is a person who is trying to figure this thing out as she goes, just like you. So I have two stories to tell you. One of them is from about two weeks ago, and both of them involve the same woman. And I'm going to say her name is Tanya. I don't want to say her real name. I'm going to say her name is Tanya. Now, Tanya works at my job, my job that I go to from eight to five every weekday. And I met Tanya about a few months ago when she was new to the job. Now, we don't work in the same office or anything like that, but I do eat lunch in their office. Hopefully you understand that. Yeah, like I eat lunch in their office because, you know, I'm cool with them. Now, Tanya is older than me. Tanya is in her late 50s or early 60s, I believe. But anyway, about two weeks ago, I'm eating in the break room or whatever. And she comes in and she just, you know, she sits down next to me and she starts talking. And she asks me, what do you want to do? Because, again, and this is, I think, where my uh, disarray is coming in at because I am graduating from grad school in December. Now, anyone who has ever gotten to the point of getting close to graduation knows that there are going to be a tremendous amount of people that ask you, what's next? Do you have a job lined up? What are you going to do? Are you going to move? Are you going to live here? And it is annoying to say the least it is so annoying but and I hate getting that question and I think um a lot of times for me for me when I get that question it almost sends me into a state of panic where I feel like I have to settle for anything just to be able to give people an answer to the question because I feel like if I tell them I don't know yet or if I I tell them I don't have it lined up yet they're going to think I'm a failure in some sense. And I know it sounds crazy, but I know there's someone out there that relates. Um. So anyway, she asked me, and it's something about Miss Tanya that is different. Like the air about her is different. I can tell she's always coming from a great place. Her demeanor is so calm and cool and collected. And whenever she speaks to you, it's not in a in a way of like, an adult that feels like they are higher than you, I guess. Um, it's very like on your level, right? So Miss Tanya comes in and she sits down and she's like, So what are you gonna do? Like, what do you wanna do? And I tell her, you know, I really wanna work in film and television production. I wanna write, I wanna create, I wanna produce, um, and all of these things. I start telling her. So she says, Okay, so why do you say it like you're saying it? And I told, I think I had a sense of uncertainty in my voice when I was talking to her. It was like, I want to do this or I want to do that. 
and she was just kind of it was like her response was like so why not just do it like you say you want to do it why not just say you're gonna do it and I thought about it and I told her that one of the things that I am struggling with is trying to reconcile different things because it honestly it kind of comes from the bible like me in studying the bible and seeing like where some things I just don't see where they correlate with other things in the bible so like on one hand I was telling her you know the bible says anything you want you can have just ask for it it'll be yours so I feel like you know if I ask for this thing this is what I want if you know the bible says I can have it I can have it But then on the other side of that, there is this idea that we should be doing God's will. Okay, yeah, the conversation is coming back to me. We should be doing God's will. And I was telling her, like, you know, what if I don't know that this is God's will for my life? And she says so calmly, y'all. Like, and it's crazy. Have you ever been wrestling with the idea of something and for months on end, right, or even weeks on end? And you just cannot figure it out for yourself. And then you just have this conversation with someone who gives you the answer so easily that you're like, wow, I spent so much time thinking about this thing. And she just answered it in two seconds. So anyway, she says, you know, I I get it all out. She lets me talk. And she says, Shakira, the Bible wants you, like the Bible says that you can have what you want, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she said, and you're almost speaking as if God's will isn't what you want. And I'm like, okay. And I think she saw the confusion in my eyes, right? So she was like, Shakira, God's will is that you be good to people. God's will is that you help people. And if you doing what you want to do is going to be beneficial to God's people and helpful to God's people, that's his will being done. And I, my mind was like blown. Like, imagine the light bulb coming on upstairs. Like, that's how I felt. Um, And I think sometimes I confuse. Um, this is sounding like a therapy session. But I promise we're getting somewhere. Um, I think sometimes I confuse, you know, the will of God with career choices. And it's not about that. And if you are one of those people who feels like, you know, God's will is for me to be a doctor. But what do doctors do? They help people. They heal people. Um, God's will is for me to be a writer. Um, But how am I going to help people? Your words will help people. That's God's will. And she just answered it so easily. And I was almost kind of embarrassed because I'm like, why couldn't I think of that? Um, But that is the first story, right? So that was one of the things that I was struggling with. Now, Thursday, Thursday or Wednesday, I don't know. I tweeted about it. She comes in again. Same setup. I'm in there eating. She comes in and she has this book, like a little pink book in her hand. She sits down with the book and she looks at me, right? I'm in there eating. (laughs) She like looks at me and she says, priorities. (laughs) Like that's it. She just says, priorities. And I'm like, okay. So then she starts reading out of this book. And it is a Bible verse. And I really wish I could recall what Bible verse it was, but I can't remember. She starts reading this Bible verse. 
And when she finishes, she says, what does that mean to you? And I told her what it meant to me. I really wish I could think of it, but because I can't even tell you what it meant to me because I can't remember what verse it was. And I told her what I felt like it meant. And she said, yeah, you're right. And some kind of way that stemmed into affirmations. And that's what we're talking about today. And I was telling her when I am trying to affirm things, I'm not very consistent. Like I will say, you know, I write things down, I stick it to my mirror. Um, I'll say it in the mirror a few times, but you know, after four days, after a week, after two weeks, I fell off like, and my mind is preoccupied with something else I have going on. So I have not been consistent with affirming things in my life. And it's crazy because I have been proven over and over and over again that affirmations work. But for some reason, there is a disconnect in my brain that like some kind of way feels like when I when I do them, it's not going to work. Or I don't know if it's a me feeling like if I do them, then I'm going to have to actually be the higher version of myself. Like I am going to have to be more accountable. I am going to have to be more responsible um, when those things fall in my lap. And I don't know if it's subconsciously me running away from that and kind of running towards mediocrity, (laughs) mediocrity, um, in order to not have to deal with that or what? I don't know what it is. But anyway, she tells me, she's like, you know, I have these affirmations that I say every morning and sometimes every evening. And I definitely say them before I go to sleep at night. So I'm like, okay, y'all, she leaves the room. She comes back with a staple packet of papers. And I'm looking at the papers, and these papers are affirmations with different titles. Um, There are affirmations for women. There are affirmations for men. There are work affirmations. There are health affirmations. There are career affirmations, personal affirmations. All of these things is about seven or eight pages. And I wanted to share them with you all because I think we can all use it, right? So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to create a Google Doc. So I'm going to take a picture of them scan them, whatever. I'm going to figure it out. Create a Google Doc and I am going to leave it in the link in the bio of the podcast on Instagram and also on Twitter, hopefully. Um, So yeah, she comes back with these affirmations and she says, make sure you can see them every day. You know, pick out the ones that you want and make sure you can see them every day. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I make a quick little wallpaper on my phone. I picked out about 11 or 12 affirmations, typed them up in like a little app and set it as my wallpaper so I can see them every day. Now, transparency again, even though I see them every day, does that mean I have been saying them? No, (laughs) I have to do better about it. But I'm coming to share this with you all because affirmations work. And if I'm going to be working on my affirmations in order to manifest a better life and a higher version of myself and you know, really to be the person that I know I was destined and created to be, then you should be doing the same as well. And we're going to just work on this thing together. And first things first, we have to know what affirmations and manifestations mean. 
Y'all know I'm a sucker for words, so let's head on to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So if you look up affirmation in Merriam-Webster, you will see that the definition of affirmation is the act of affirming. So basically, it just tells you to click on what affirm means. So affirm in Merriam-Webster means to validate or confirm or to state positively and also to assert as valid or confirmed. That's the definition. And to go a step further, another definition of affirm is to show or express a strong belief in or dedication to something such as an important idea. And I will believe that the idea of oneself is definitely important because we turn out to be who we believe ourselves to be, not what other people believe us to be, but who we ourselves believe ourselves to be. So in order to affirm who we are, we have to state positively because that is what the definition says. So watch how you speak to yourself. One of my good friends, um, his name is Jamal, and he texted me a few days ago, and he was just like, he texted me, it was so random, right? And he said, Shakira, speak nice to yourself. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, one, that's random, but two, it was right on time. And I am one of my biggest critics. And I think I state that too positively sometimes. I'm always like, I'm my biggest critic. I'm my biggest critic. Yeah, you're your biggest critic and you're your biggest downfall. Because if your critic voice is louder than that positive voice, that's not good. It's not good at all. There is a difference in critiquing yourself positively and critiquing yourself negatively. Now, sometimes my critic voice is like, Shakira, you could have written that better. Shakira, you could have said that better. Shakira, that episode wasn't as good as it could have been. Next time, let's do this. But sometimes that critic voice is not talking to me like that. Sometimes that critic voice is like, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, sometimes that critic voice is like, I don't know enough to talk about this. Um, I shouldn't do it. I should let someone else do it this person knows more than I do, let them do it. That's not good <laughs> at all. And I know I'm not the only person that deals with that. So the first thing about affirmations is that they have to be positive and you have to stop feeding that negative voice in your head and you have to talk to yourself nicely. And once you've gotten to a point where you are comfortable with affirming things in your life and your affirmations, you will start to manifest those things. So when I look up manifestation in Merriam-Webster, the defini definition is the act, process, or instance of manifesting. Something that manifests or is manifest. So again, let's hit on manifest and see what that definition says. So manifest, the definition is readily perceived by the senses and especially by the sense of sight. Hmm, I like that one. I like that one. Because when something is manifest, when something has come to fruition in our lives, it has become tangible. It has become real. It has went from just a thought or a belief to something that we can sense. And I have the perfect example of this. Right now, I have one of my journals in my hand. Um, and I've had this journal since the end of last year, and I try to write my highs and my lows in it, especially when I go out for different auditions or I try different things. 
um i try to document the journey of it in here so the page i have it open on is dated march 24th 2019 march 24th 2019 that was this year and that page says i affirm that i will be selected as a model for the carol's daughter shoot this wednesday i believe this to be true my opportunities and possibilities are limitless I am trusting God and working on cultivating the gifts he has entrusted in me. I am already great. And at the bottom of the page, it says, don't let anyone discourage your dreams, even family. Hmm. That's crazy to me because family has definitely been um, one of the reasons I've been so anxious and reasons I've been so on edge uh, these past few weeks because family has been one of those... Uh, one of the people that I was talking about earlier, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to do this? Are you going to move? Are you going to stay here? Maybe you should do this. Um, And I wrote, it's crazy because I wrote that back in March. And it's a reminder to myself now in August. But in that entry, the first thing I wrote was, I affirm that I will be selected as a model for the Carol's Door to Shoot this Wednesday. When I flip on the next page, it is dated March 28th, 2019. So, let's see, four days later. And this is what I wrote. I got it. Right now, I'm on campus in the lab writing this. But 24 hours ago, I was shooting for Carol's daughter. Let me skim through here. Make sure I, didn't, I don't give out too much. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll read it. So... The casting started at 9, and me and my dad sat in the car in front of the place until women started lining up, so I got out to wait. We went in a room, one at a time, and when I went in, the rep told me, stay for now, and she told some to leave. Once the first round was gone, we went back a second time as a group this time, and she picked the six women to stay. I was blessed enough to be one. I am so appreciative, and I know this is only the beginning. So, I can't read the rest because it has, like, other information about the product that hasn't come out yet. But, I know that affirmations work. <laughs> like, I wrote that in March. So, I don't know what it is about now that is hindering me or stopping me from believing in myself enough. It, you know what? I just had an epiphany. It's not even the idea of not believing in myself because I believe in myself. I believe that it is me being afraid to step into my higher self. That is my issue. Really being accountable for what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, um, waking up earlier, making sure my work ethic is better. And I think that's what I'm running from. And I think the other part of that is the family aspect of people you know asking me over and over again so what are you gonna do what are you gonna do and trying to please everybody and knowing that my career choices are not what other people would seem or deem ideal because a lot of our paths now are different from our parents paths they are different from our grandparents paths even our aunts and our cousins paths and they don't really understand how all of this works um, if it's freelancing, if it's podcasting, if it's writing, they don't really get that. Like they understand you get paid every two weeks, you go in and you work nine to five. Like that's what they get. And I, I, I just know that that's not my career path. I know that. 
and not to speak down on anyone who chooses that career path because that is completely respectable and we need that but I just know that that is not what I was sent here and meant to do um so I've been having a hard time trying to prove that to other people I think my family is definitely a show me you know kind of family <laughs> almost like the show me state they're like they don't believe it until they see it and that is why in that journal entry I wrote um you know about the family aspect because when I got that casting notice I told my mom about it and my mom said is it real <laughs> she said that y'all that was the first thing you know and one of the things about family is they mean well they definitely mean well um, and they just want to, you know, make sure we're on the right path. They don't want us to be hurt. And I was so happy when I found out about it and I decided to, you know, make the trip to go to the casting. But when I told her and her response wasn't, it didn't match my enthusiasm. It really became discouraging to me, almost to the point where I was like, I shouldn't go. Like, maybe I shouldn't go. But I went anyway and made it happen. So that is one of the issues too. But one of the articles that I found that is dealing with affirmations and manifestations, um, it says to start manifesting your life, you need to completely believe in yourself and your power with every bone in your body. Manifesting is about believing before seeing. And that's where the affirmations come in. When you affirm things and you speak them out, positively and not just affirming things you know saying it in your head when you speak them out honestly like how I'm speaking to you right now you're starting to there is a your brain recognizes that there's a disconnect and also one thing too to know about affirmations is that you have to speak them in present tense so not saying I will be successful that's you know you're speaking like for the future you need to speak it like right now I am successful or I am healthy, or I am a writer, I am a director, I am a blogger, I am a student, I have my master's degree, I have my bachelor's degree, I am accepted into this school, I am, you know, anything it is that you're trying to affirm, you have to speak it in present tense and not, um, oh, I wish I had this, or I hope I get into this school. Say, I am going to that school. And that is what I did in the Carol's Daughter journal entry when I was affirming it. And I wrote it down because writing it down is very important. And I was also saying it out loud to myself. So the night before I went to the casting, I was in a hotel. I remember it was a janky, janky, janky hotel. And I was like looking in the mirror, repeating it over and over again. I will be selected tomorrow. I will be a Carol's Daughter model tomorrow. And it happened it came to fruition. It became tangible. So that means that it manifested itself. And another article that I found, um, not only to help myself, but to help you all as well, I'm going to read you this excerpt from it. Um, and it says, how to use positive, positive affirmations for manifestation. It says, first, make them positive. Think about the change you want to make in your life and formulate your affirmation to describe it accurately and in a positive way. If, for example, you don't enjoy your job and you want to change it, use something like this. I'm attracting a new job interview in a company that I'll enjoy working for. As always with the law of attraction, never focus on the negative side of things, i.e. 
saying I hate my job and I want to quit will only attract more of the negative things related to your current job, making you feel like you're trapped, causing you to attract more negative feelings related to changing your job. Similarly, since the words are the expression of our thoughts, don't use the negative words like don't, won't, dislike, hate, and unhappy. And when you're happy with your affirmation, write it down and repeat it at least twice a day, first thing in the morning and the last thing before you go to bed. Before you do, prepare your thoughts so that you can feel what the words mean and say them with a confident voice. They're a prediction that you're making and it's already coming true. You're only affirming it in this moment. Affirmations are like your wish list to the universe. They help you bring the things you want into your subconscious so that they can manifest themselves in your life. And one of the videos that I was watching when I was like trying to do research was um, it had like a brain in the middle and on either side of the brain was like the affirmation of whatever it is that you want and then on the other side is like the manifestation of that thing so when we are affirming things in our lives our brain will try to do everything it can to get you to that manifestation because you're saying i am successful right and if your life currently doesn't look like what your idea of success is your brain is going to try to reconcile that difference and it's going to say, hey, what can I do to get to this version of what I think success is? And that is why affirmations are so important because it's a mind thing. It's a mind thing, you know, honestly. So once you train your mind, your mind is going to do everything to try to get you to where you want to be and like before you know it you're going to see opportunities in things that you had not seen opportunities in before you're going to see networking you know people in people that you had not realized before and you're going to draw these things these opportunities these people to you by affirming what you want your life to be and look like and if you are like me one of those people that kind of feels like how I was saying earlier where, you know, the Bible, you know, it tells us this, but then it also says this other thing and how Miss Steph, ooh, Miss <laughs> Tanya, I almost said her real name, how Miss Tanya was telling me, you know, God's will is that you have what you want, but also that you use those things to help other people. I have some verses for you to back that up so if you want to write them down you're more than welcome to i have a few of them for you and the first is matthew chapter 7 verse 7 and it says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you and if that is not aligned with how affirmations and manifestations work i don't know what is it says ask and it will be given to you so again also in affirming these things to make them manifest in the world also be praying and diligent in your prayer um you know when you're asking because i'm also you know i'm affirming things but i'm also asking as well so the next verse that i want to leave you with not leave you i have a few more romans chapter 8 verses 31 through 32 and this one says so what should we say about this if god is for us no one can stand against us and God is with us. He even let his own son suffer for us. God gave his son for all of us. So now with Jesus, God will surely give us all things. Again, just ask and it's ours. 
next Romans chapter 11 verse 29 and one thing y'all I love Romans I don't know what it is about Romans but I just identify with um the book of Romans so much my favorite favorite bible verse is Romans 8 28 but we're not talking about that one right now we're talking about Romans chapter 11 verse 29 and it says God never changes his mind about the people he calls he never decides to take back the blessings he has given them so if God has preordained you or destined you to be a writer to be whatever it is that you want to be he is not going to take that away from you He's going to give you time and opportunity to do those things, to make those things happen. You just have to do them. Just like that verse says, he's not going to take it away. God never changes his mind about the people he calls. Sometimes we just have to step into that higher versions of ourselves, which is what we've been talking about today. The next verse that I want to leave you with is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future again although we may not know um god's plans fully i do believe that we have a center to ourselves that pulls us it's like a gravity that pulls us towards where we're supposed to be we just have to be self-aware and cognizant of what that pool feels like and what it shouldn't feel like and the last one is from a friend of mine my friend diamond we have been having this conversation all week um because we've both been struggling with um some things in our lives whether it be work or whatever and our dreams and everything you know every now and then everyone can use a quick pick me up we all need someone in our life that we can text or call and say hey i'm feeling like this give me some words (laughs) like and i am that for her and she is that for me as well So in us talking about this, I told her that I was going to be making this podcast episode for this week. But before I told her that, she sent me this verse, and it is 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. And it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So as long as it's in alignment with God's will for our lives, he will never, ever, ever make it such that we can't achieve those things. We just have to pray, believe, ask, and affirm in order to make those things manifest. So if you all want more information about this, please let me know. I am definitely going to be working on my affirmations and my manifestations. And if I have any, you know, breakthroughs with any of them I will definitely keep you all updated but in the meantime don't forget to click the link in the bio on the Instagram page and just download that file with those affirmations that Miss Tanya gave me because you can print them out you can save them to your phone you can pick out the ones that you want to use for your personal life and we can just work on this thing together so with that being said I hope you all stay black and carefree and we'll see you next time in the next episode of the carefree and black diaries bye guys